0: new to the jeremiah show it's the angel baby show this is the story of two sisters talking about the things they love most pop culture social media entertainment music and fashion and now the
1: angel baby show featuring elise and ava lynn hey everyone welcome back to the angel baby show i'm ava lynn And I'm Elise. We have a super exciting episode today that I especially am very excited about. As a singer, we have our guest Valerie Morehouse coming on for our interview. Um, Stay tuned for that. She's worked with insane artists like Noah Cyrus, Olivia Rodrigo, um, really, really the Kardashians. um, She's on the Kardashians. (laughs) Yeah, she's just recently on the Kardashians. So really excited for our guest. Um, But yesterday, we watched the Barbie movie, and <laughs> yes, finally, we've been talking about it for so long. Um Absolutely loved it. Literally cried, laughed, every emotion that you could possibly feel, I feel like we felt. It was like, we've been like, it's kind of been my personality all summer getting excited for the Barbie movie, but I really did not know what to expect. I knew I would just love the colors and the actors in it, but the actual message of the movie made me cry. And I cried multiple times and then I would start laughing and then I would start crying again. (laughs) So, um, it was an emotional whirlwind, but it was so well done. Greta Gerwig just as like a director amazes me. All of her movies have really had a really large effect on me since like little women and everything. So that was a great, Start to the. I was like, we have to just mention the Barbie movie at the beginning of the radio show and how awesome it was. Exactly, just give it kudos because I feel like, you know, it it was something that was built up so much that it definitely could have disappointed just because it's right. been built up so much, but it did not at all. And honestly, I wasn't even expecting it to disappoint because of Greta Gerwig and because of Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling. Um, but yeah, no, we just wanted to mention it. Um. Instagram, you'll see, and once more people see it, you'll just see how amazing it is and the costumes, production, set, everything perfect. Um, but yeah, just like speaking of performances, we kind of felt like talking about live performances that we've seen, musicals, concerts, festivals, plays, live television, and then um, talk about live vocals, which will kind of lead us into our interview um, with Valerie, just um, her being a uh, vocal trainer. Um, but yeah, I feel like for live performances, I think the first concert I've ever gone to maybe both of us was Justin Bieber. And that was a live performance that neither of us will forget. Um, his vocals, his dancing, choreography, background dancers, everything was just like very intact. You know, I feel like when it comes to tours and sets and production everything is just it just works and it's like perfect and it's almost unbelievable that they do that like every day you know for like months and months and months on the road no and i love that our kind of theme for this episode is just performances like live performances whether it's a concert whether it's a play and then just kind of the vocal the vocal requirements that it takes for any performer whether you're a singer whether you're an actor I remember being at a theater camp and having like a whole hour every day where we would just focus on vocal rest and vocal routines. And I learned so much about coffee and water and what to drink and what not to drink. And I didn't even think I had to think about my voice. I was like, oh, that's a singing thing. That's a, but it is It's really interesting. And I'm so excited to hear what Valerie has to say. I mean, she's, she to me is like, I'm almost nervous to talk to her because she. An insane career and i remember when she was the vocal coach for the show nashville and we were watching nashville our family um and she was talking about how she taught so many of those actors how to sing and they'd never sang before um so yeah it's just a really interesting part of the entertainment industry just your voice and maintaining your voice and keeping your voice healthy i definitely don't do that so you definitely yeah. do it more than I do. So I, I'll be learning like as I listen today. But no, literally, it's funny you're saying that about like talking. And um. there was this girl um when I was on The Voice and she talked kind of in this like Disney like princess kind of way, like kind of like, hi, you know, like I'm, yeah. you know, so and so. And I was kind of like, oh my gosh, does she actually like speak like that? And w- we started talking a lot more and she was just like, yeah, you know, my vocal coach like told me it's way better to talk in like less, like, like I kind of talk in this very like, hi, I'm Ava, like kind of way like, and it's, it's yeah. really, it's not good for your voice. Um, and she said, I'm talking like this, like, because obviously, you know, I'm preparing like for the voice and stuff and like a really big performance of mine. And I was like, Oh my gosh. She showed me these little, um, like things that you can take for your voice that, you know, hydrate it. And wow. It's like a, I mean, seriously, we have a lot to go over with Valerie, but even just talking in general, like you have to be conscious of because you can wear out your voice vocal rest. I remember like before an acapella performance, we would literally like not be able to sing or talk. And it was like, one of the hardest things for a group of singers because we all just want to sing and talk and laugh and scream. And it's just, and I've gotten yelled at my whole life because I'm always screaming. I'm always talking really loud. Um, So it's just something that like, you just don't even think about, but people on tour, I always think about people that are in Broadway and how they have to literally do like a matinee and sing like the most insane belting, literally some, some of the, performances are like an opera where they're just singing the entire time and then they do it again at like 7 p.m it's like how on earth you know what i'm saying and it's just no it's sorry to interrupt you there's just i can't like because i've never really like i did a lot of musical theater but to me singing is like a very exhausting scary thing to do it's something i will do if told or needed but it, it it's such a big undertaking for me um and i just don't even understand like the breathing and the how do you have the the energy to hit the high note after you just hit a high note like that's all so foreign to me and i kind of wanted to ask you what are some of the most random and specific and the weirdest like remedies someone has told you about like vocal rest and taking care of your voice Oh, my gosh. Well, definitely like talking in that like kind of Disney princess tone (laughs) was pretty weird. (laughs) Yeah, like I could see it, but I just cannot see myself like following through with it. Yeah, like I just don't think I could commit to the pit. Um, (laughs) I just can't see it. Um, One thing I don't know if it's weird for me, but it's just hard for me is to not drink coffee or to not like they say kind of like dairy products are kind of bad, for your,
0: so bad caffeine,
1: for your sorry to interrupt but so so caffeine is bad for your voice that's what i've heard I've it's heard, bad for your because th- it's like dehydrating yes yeah, yeah, yeah so like if you notice like people like you can't just drink caffeine obviously because it's like it dehydrates you a lot yeah um, and also what's like i'm so bad i I do literally everything that i'm not supposed to but iced coffee compared to like room temperature coffee is bad um or not coffee iced water compared to room temperature water is bad um just because you're it like makes your throat like when you warm up it's like you're literally warming up like your throat um so like if you drink iced coffee, right. Not iced coffee. Oh my gosh. Iced water right after you just warmed up your voice. It like almost just kind of gets cold again. Um, again, I feel like it's just, Oh, actually a really weird one is like blowing into like a straw. um, and then just vocal warmups in general, I feel so awkward and so weird doing like, they're like me, 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 yeah. me, me, you know, it's just like, it's just uncomfortable and awkward. Um, but you know, if you're like a professional singer, it's like, this is my job, you know, and it's what, it's like, um, what, so blowing into a straw is bad or good. It's like a vocal warmup. They have like specific yeah. straws that you literally like blow into like a kazoo and, um, it like warms up your throat and like, you know, shapes your mouth and everything. Um, so there's definitely some weird like vocal warm ups that I've learned, but there's always more to learn. And we have a lot more to learn from Valerie. And also, you know, if you're listening to this and you're like, I'm not a singer, I'm not a performer, I don't care about this. The Kardashians literally like for charity learned some like Christmas song and learn how to sing. I think vocal, you know, lessons could be good for anything like even for speaking and speeches and things like that so if you have anything to learn from valerie it's definitely her work ethic and also just confidence and um you know if you want to learn to sing this is a great this is a great person to listen to so we have valerie Morehouse coming up in just a few minutes um this is the angel baby show i'm evelyn and i'm elise and we're so excited to talk to valerie come back very soon (laughs) The Angel Baby Show. I'm Ava Lynn. And I'm Elise. And we have Valerie Morehouse here with us. Thank you so much for joining us, Valerie. Of course. Hi, everybody. Valerie Morehouse is the go-to vocal coach in the entertainment business today. For over two decades, Valerie's personal mission of vocal health for life has transformed the lives of many successful artists working today, including Sam Smith, Olivia Rodrigo, The Chainsmokers, Sia, 5SOS, Britney Spears, Jeff Bridges, and Noah Cyrus, just to name a few. She also prepares actors' voices for stage, television, and film, including Jessica Chastain, Sally Hawkins, Tom Ellis, and the cast of Nashville, and Fox Sportscaster, Joe Buck. Thank you so much, Valerie, for joining us today. It is such a huge honor. And I would just love to hear about where you started in music and even just, you know, way back when, how you got into singing, how you got into vocal coaching, just the whole story.
0: Um, Okay, well, the story is long, but I'll give you hopefully the abridged version. This is the short version. Um, So I've always been a singer, I sung my whole life, like, like you, Ava, I did a lot of the choir and the plays and the musicals and things like that. And then um, I I grew up in England. um, And when I got back from England, um, I ended up going to a school that was heavy into music. Um, My music teacher kind of called my parents and says, Oh, my God, you know, your daughter's got a really amazing voice. And as we all do as kids, um, and I just started progressing from there, I ended up getting a scholarship a vocal performance scholarship to Chapman University, um, out in California, where I studied opera. Um, But that was just not my my thing. I could sing it, I could sing opera, but I just didn't want to do that, I wanted to be in the pop world, um, or so I thought. Um, but I ended up with nodules, which is a story that a lot of us have been through. Um, it's very prevalent in girls. Why? Because girls talk three much, three times as much as boys. Um, and so it's harder to get rid of. And I couldn't really get rid of it back in the 80s. We didn't have the technology that we have today. We didn't have the lasers. We didn't have the help that, that we needed. And there was a lot of speech therapists that were working with damaged um, speakers but they weren't really they weren't really understanding how to deal with singers because singers as you know is very different than just a person speaking that has a damaged voice so I really felt like there was nowhere to turn and I started diving and diving and diving into um, medical books and periodicals and kind of reading and learning about speech therapy and I, I I feel like I sort of healed myself um through that with speaking correctly singing correctly. Um, and then somewhere after college, I got into the music business. Um, I was doing sales and marketing for Madonna at her label. Um, and I just felt like this is not the space for me. I was still singing and performing on the side, but I just really wanted to help singers. Um, and somebody asked me to teach their kid. And I thought, ooh, that's. I was in my 20s. I thought that's a huge responsibility. Just because you sing, sing doesn't mean you can teach. And so I did it and I loved it. And I felt like I had a real propensity for it and a gift for it. And I, as I got into it, I was seeing more and more people with vocal trauma, hemorrhages, polyps. They were coming from ear, nose and throat doctors. And the doctors don't know how to rehabilitate. They only know how to prescribe and do surgery. So there was this huge open space back in the nineties for, that was open for um, helping these singers. And um, I just felt like, it didn't i was going to be an artist i was supposed to be a singer and a and a songwriter um and i just had a calling something hit me like a lightning bolt as i was teaching one day and it was like you you are here to rehabilitate these singers like we need somebody in this space i started hanging out with all the laryngologists and um going through uh office visits and figuring out what they do and i found out very quickly that they need me as much as i need them so i've been learning from them all these years and Um, it's been really an incredible journey and I've been rehabilitating and keeping singers healthy now for 27 years. And so that is how I ended up here.
1: Wow. That is an incredible story. I feel like that's so telling of your character to kind of take a step back from performing and songwriting and everything like that. And just focusing on helping people. I feel like that is just so dedicated to just music in general. And it shows like your love for music. Um, it means a lot for me as a singer, because I actually was diagnosed with nodules when I was younger right. and um I got it when I was really, really young. And I think now I just went back to the ear, nose and throat doctor and it was cleared. Um, But what do you have to say to people that exactly? yay! Um, But what do you have to say to people that, you know, are in that position? And it's a very scary time, especially if you love singing. um, Just some motivation, I guess, to get through it.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it it was very dark time for me indeed. And, and and you think about this being back in the days where we didn't have phones. I mean, we didn't even have an internet. We didn't have dial up. We didn't have computers. I think when I was in college, so I'm dating myself. Um, I would go to the library and t- start typing my papers. Nobody really had personal computers, um, and so it was a very dark time. Um, I couldn't call anybody. I was on vocal rest. It's not even like I could, could communicate with my friends. I couldn't send a text. I couldn't send an email. I couldn't communicate with anybody because I wasn't allowed to talk. So I couldn't make a phone call. So it was very depressing. So I tell people now, look, you have all this technology at your fingertips. So let's get out in front of it. Let's get out in front of it and do the vocal rest that you need. Don't go too long, too short. Um, You'll get through it. There's light at the end of the tunnel. You know, it's like if I could do it, without any of that technology, you can certainly do it. You can still text with your friends. You can communicate. You can Snapchat. You can send emails. You can work. You can write. You can get things done and still go on a two-day vocal rest and not feel completely isolated from the rest of the world. And as you learn to build your technique and to strengthen your instrument and resonate from the spaces you're supposed to resonate from as a singer, as a speaker, somebody that's on the phone all day in sales, maybe you're An attorney, and you're in court all day. Maybe you're a journalist, maybe a broadcaster, or a professional singer. If you use your voice all the time, you're going to run into problems if you're not resonating from the right space and you're over, overusing it because muscles in the neck, right? And the vocal cords are muscles. And if they get inflamed, and you keep talking on them. That's an issue. So I would just say stick with it. Find a, a teacher that is an anatomical technician, not a vocal coach, not somebody giving you tips. Somebody that actually, maybe not even a speech therapist. Maybe if you're a singer, you find someone that that has a history of rehabilitating singers with really bad injuries. Um, and really just stick with the program, and you'll be on the other side of it, and, and you'll never look back. I mean, when I mind healed, I. I never had a problem again, because my knowledge was so vast. I knew what to do. The second I started feeling tired, right? So I think that's like stopping it before it gets out of control. The other thing to understand about the vocal cords are the vocal cords are muscles, and they're only two muscles in the body that if you injure them, you can't actually feel it. Meaning it doesn't hurt. Um, You just know that you can't connect them your voice is disconnecting when you're speaking and you also can't get connection on certain notes when you sing. You know something's wrong, but you're not in pain. Like if you hurt your ankle, you're gonna physiotape it, ice it, get off of it. But the vocal cords, people just keep talking, talking, talking as much as they can get out and abusing it because it it doesn't really give you a sign that there's a there's a there's a real issue until there's a until you're point of no return.
1: Right. Yeah, no, that's great insight. I love what you were saying about the non-singers. Elisa and I were just watching your little clip from the Kardashians. Oh, my and- God. You know, obviously they're not singers. Nobody knows them as singers, Um, but just seeing them kind of like get out of their comfort zone, go into a vocal lesson, open-minded, do some tests for their tone. It just was really inspiring, I think, for non-singers, but it's also scary. I feel like that setting, um, just kind of using your voice, a lot of people who only sing in the shower, um, it's kind of scary to sing at first. Um, But yeah, no, I'd love to hear what you have to say about working with a Kardashians or anyone that maybe isn't as
0: familiar. I I thought it was really brave of them. Actually. I, I, um, I was shocked. I got out of them what I did. I mean, I could go into those circumstances, not knowing what the outcome is going to be. And, um, you know, I, I'll work with anybody that is willing, you know? And so that's one thing I always tell young teachers. So everybody gets equal, time, um, just because you have a big celebrity client or someone that's learning how to sing, you have to have a real passion for teaching. Otherwise you're in the wrong business. Um, and, And for them, Um, you know, there, uh, I work with some of Travis Barker's, um, Courtney's husband's artists. And so I think that's probably where the connection was. Um, and so when they called me, I was like, sure, I'll come in. I would love to do that. And, and what they didn't show is I actually worked with Courtney the night before, and she was fabulous. She actually can carry a pretty good tune. She was into it. She had a great lesson. I used the vocal trainer with her this little guy that I live and die for with the lever on it um, just tricks the voice into the right spot. Um, And they were really good sports. You know, I I, I thought that that is very scary, Um, but they were all very, very lovely and very nice to me and very welcoming. And I think they actually did have a good time, but some of the stuff that you see on those shows they'll they'll talk about it is terror and so when you see someone react in a way of like ah oh, and they're making us sing and i can't believe this and this is so oh, it's overwhelming it's it's not like that they're not having fun it's really more about they're terrified and so as a human being the terror is coming out as as is a, a negative experience but i don't really think it was negative i think um i think they all got through it and they were great sports
1: Yeah, no, I mean, just watching it, you know, it was super entertaining. It was just, you know, oh, my gosh, the Kardashians singing. Um, But I felt like you were just the perfect person to do it, you know, kind of bring them out of their comfort zone, put them into this this fun spot. Because everyone loves to sing at the end of the day, you know, not taking it too seriously. Um, And I think if they weren't on camera, they probably would have done even better. Yeah, I know. I, n- I never understand how they can just, you know, live their lives like doing normal things on camera. Elise and I are always joking like, oh, my gosh, if we had a
0: reality TV show, we'd be super awkward. Um, but yeah, yeah I know. I- for so many years, you know, they're just like, they're, it's just like background noise now. <laughs>
1: exactly. Yeah.
0: They're just, they don't
1: even see the camera. Right. Um, but yeah, I know we loved having you come on today, especially to talk about your new book, yes. um, A Better Voice Straight from the Entertainment Industry Frontline. Um, I'd love to hear just like what people should expect from the voice or from, um, your book and also maybe something surprising from the book that, um, people are going to be excited to read about.
0: Well, I I really think that it's something that's never been done before. I don't know that there's another vocal coach that's written a book about the industry. Um, There's a lot of books about singing and how to sing. And I mean, personally, I don't really want to read that book either. I'm bored after I'm going to be asleep after the first chapter. Um, And so what I tried to do was I tried to give technical lessons weaved in stories so that everybody could relate to it. So even if you're not a singer, um, but you're somebody who's on the phone all day or you're a producer, I have a producer- um, in the community where I live here, um, and he had gotten nodules. He's on the phone. He works on big films, and he's constantly on the phone. And I, I think there was a, there's a lot in the book just for people that use their voice and want to understand how their voice works and how they can injure it, even just being a salesperson or being a person in the medical field or being a person that's broadcasting or on phone calls all day or, um, you know, just somebody that talks a lot, actors. So it's, it's really for everybody who has a voice. And, it, and it's very much more international. It's Everybody can use it. Everybody can read it. Everybody can relate to it. And so it takes you on this journey of all the singers that I've had and the, the, the notable stories, 27 years of my career, of people that struggled big time. And you can kind of figure out, because they're all anonymous, but you can kind of figure out they might be one of two or three people. So it's kind of fun to go, hmm, I wonder who that is. Um, but they all are anonymous for a reason. Um, and I think one of the cool things is weaving in the quotes from my clients as well. They were all very generous. And I had Jeff Bridges gave a quote, and the Chainsmokers, and Tom Ellis from the show Lucifer. You know, I got quotes from um, Olivia Rodrigo, and uh, Sam Smith wrote my foreword. And so it was really surprising how these A list singers came out of the woodwork. To help me and to understand how important this book is, because I I also want to take it to the universities at the collegiate level, and I want to bring it into their music programs, and I want everyone to have it, it to be sort of required reading, um, because I don't think anything's been written like that before. Um, and again, it's you know you guys I don't know if you've seen it, but you've maybe seen it, but this is what it looks like. And what was really cool is we used this um, background. It was actually from a f- photograph from one of my uh, artists live shows and we just put it on the front of the book. Oh my gosh. So it's a stadium. I and it's a stadium. And these are all the little lights in the stadium of the people. Oh my gosh. The lights from the stage. And so it's cool because it's got, it's got like um if I show you the mid part of it, it starts out with a quote from a big actor, an artist. And then in the middle we've got all kinds of fun oh. photographs. It's Mike Posner there. And that's so where he from the Chain We've got Nico and Vince, Nashville. We've got. Let me if I keep turning the page. Echo Smith, Five Seconds of Summer. So it's just a really um, cool love letter, I think, to the music industry and my career and and what to expect and and things that people that are not in this business might not know that how difficult it is to be an artist. It is not easy. It is very, very um, anxiety provoking. And it's a lot of very, very hard work. And so it just shows anybody that's an artist or a non-artist, what goes on in the industry behind the scenes and how hard that the artists have to work and and what happened to them and how we fixed it.
1: Yeah, I know. It just, it sounds like it's promoting so much empathy for artists, singers, anyone that uses, uses their voice. And also just the way that, Olivia Rodrigo, Sam Smith, you know, they might both be pop, but they both have totally different voices, totally different sounds and um, ways that like, you know, you can help both of them. Um, I really think that this book is going to be amazing. I think putting it at the collegiate level is incredible. Um something that I'm really excited to read. I know Elise like is an actor. She acts and um she doesn't love singing, but you know, it's just something that like she wants to do and she wants to protect her voice and because it's important for her too. So yeah, this book just is exciting. That's what I wanted to ask you is when I did a lot of theater camps in high school and we would have like hour long classes just about like vocal rest and taking care of your voice. And I remember I was at the old globe in San Diego and one of the guys on Mondays, he didn't speak. He mm-hmm. didn't speak for all of Mondays and he wasn't a singer. He was just a, an actor. Mm-hmm. And I always was like, well, why does, if you're just talking like what, why do you need to protect your voice too? Um, and I just wanted to ask you a little bit about when you do work with actors, like what are the primary reasons for why an actor should protect their voice? If mm-hmm. they're not a singer, they don't need to, project their voice at crazy levels?
0: Well, think about this. So actors project, use their voices all day and they do. They have a scene where they're screaming or they're yelling and they have 15 takes and they just didn't quite get it. Um, that is taxing on your vocal cords. So think about anything overworking your muscles, lifting too much weights, injuring yourself because you don't know how to bench press properly. You're doing sit ups and you're not using your abs to get you up. You're using your neck and your back. You're going to have an injury. So the vocal cords are what? They're muscles and they sit in the voice box. And when you sing really, really high notes, right, they lengthen and they stretch, And so if you are stretching out a muscle like a hamstring or something in your leg, you're a football player and you haven't warmed up, you're going to pull a hamstring. This is why football players do Pilates. One of the Rams takes from my Pilates studio where I live and he does Pilates with one, with the owner, with the trainer there, because he has to run really fast. And if he pulls a muscle, he's out. And we're talking a lot of money. It's a business. So you have to protect the muscles in your body and you have to protect the muscles in your, that are your vocal cords, because they're very powerful when used correctly. And they can also be injured very easily. If you're screaming and you don't know how to scream properly, or you're not like, hey, you're hey, and you're using all the neck muscles and they're squeezing up against the vocal cords, the vocal cords are going to stop working properly and they're going to get inflamed. And once they get inflamed, you don't feel it. You just know that you feel a little vocally tired. And if you keep talking on that monotone, that's why I just do do speech therapy for non-singers and I make them sing. Like Joe Buck, who came to me, who does all the, the football and the sports and the World Series baseball, he's an announcer. And he had a vocal injury, a paralyzed vocal cord, and I had to rehabilitate him back from that. But I actually made this man sing. Said so you're going to, go, for me, three times faster than just speech therapy, because I'm going to make you go through all the resonant chambers. So your vocal cords are going to really stretch out wide and thin. We're not just going to have you talk into a computer. So when you learn how to stretch the vocal cords on the high notes, and then when you sing really low, they actually shorten and dampen. You can see it on a video strobe. If you were to put a camera up somebody's nose and down their throat and have them sing different frequencies, the cords actually move and lengthen and, and dampen. And so if you don't know how to t- treat your muscles in your throat meaning and the vocal cords, and you don't know how to let the muscles in the throat relax and not squeeze the vocal cords, right, then you're going to have injuries. And as an actor, you're talking, talking, talking all day. If I'm on Zoom calls all day, I'm going to wear my voice out. I'm going to be really tired at the end of the day and be like, oh, my God, I've been on phone calls in my car. Your voice gets tired. And it starts to swell. And when the vocal cords start to get inflamed and swell, that's where the injuries occur. So actors have to protect the clarity of their voice. So they're not talking the next day and they're like, God, this is my voice, it just feels tired. Yeah. And so you keep building on the tired and then you're in real trouble. And then you've got actors calling saying, I need speech therapy because I, 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 my voice isn't working for me. I did a film and I was talking and doing meetings and screaming. And then all of a sudden I got a scope and I've got these little calluses on my vocal cords there that my cords aren't shutting properly. And those are the the polyps, the cysts and the nodules. Is, did I answer that question? Okay. That was perfect. That yeah. I learned so much. Well, I thank you. Yeah. yeah.
1: For sure. You obviously have done so much research, know so much, um, worked alongside, you know, ear, nose and throat doctors. What would you suggest to people that want to learn more about the actual science behind, you know, protecting your voice and what to do, what not to do? Um, Because, you know, your book is amazing for, you know, finding, you know, stories and people. But what would you suggest for actually like research and um, the science behind it?
0: Mm-hmm. So there's there's a lot of periodicals out there. I think the medical journals are not great because they go too in depth um, for the singer. It might be a little overwhelming. Like I don't want to dive too far into that either because I don't really need to know every name of every single muscle in the neck. And I mean, it, it you need to know certain muscles, strap muscles, things like that. But to have sort of just an ancillary or cursory knowledge, if you will, um, you know, you could read my book. Because <laughs> it's in there, I got a lot of information about the muscles. There's some diagrams, what it looks like. You can look up. You can look up um, just on Google. You can Google, you know, nestle, ne- neck muscles. You can Google um, function of the neck muscles, function of the vocal cords, and read up out uh, a read up on that. Um, anatomy books. I don't know. I'd have to research more anatomy books. I think for the common person that would be pretty boring because you actually need someone to explain those things to you. But I would really just say, pick up a copy of my book because I, I really do think that it's it's a very nice introduction and a gateway into that world. And I do not just with the stories, I do have diagrams and I talk about the voice and the breath and the breathing and the mechanisms and how it works. And so um, I would say, I don't know, maybe that's a good start. That's why yeah. I, because there wasn't a lot out there. It was either way too technical right. and medical, or it was just too, um, it was too vague. Yeah. So I tried to bring the stories and I tried to make it so that people that are non-singers could read it and go, I'm not exactly sure, but I think that kind of makes sense. It's so interesting. And then it just gets you to ask more questions and more questions. But I think that that would probably be a good place for you to start.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, it just being a page turner rather than, you know, you literally feel like you're sitting down in a seventh grade, you know, science book. It sounds like your book is just way more entertaining. Um, yeah, we, I wanted to
0: make it entertaining because yeah. nobody's going to read a book about the voice. I mean, nobody. Yeah, it's not it, it's just not um, something that most people like to do. You know, I wanted to make it fun and I wanted them to understand, hey, this is a journey behind the industry and what what goes on and so i think that was really lacking i didn't see anything out there like that and i wanted to bring those two worlds together so people that wanted some technique and anatomy and and an eye into uh their their own voice but also to see stories of other artists and people maybe that they admire that fell from grace and we had to bring them back um back to life if as it were rebuild rebuild them as athletes
1: yeah exactly i mean you give so much, you teach so much. Is there anything that you've taken from a specific student, um, a specific professional um, that you just, that you learn from them, you know, being a vocal coach?
0: Um, I mean, I think I learned from all of my students, you know, I'll have breakthroughs as a teacher. I used to have them when I was younger. Um, Now I kind of, kind of know what to expect in every scenario I've been doing it so long, but in my younger years, I would always be surprised at something that I learned about teaching from their voice and something their voice did, or why did it crack? Or that sounds a little bit more reedy, and I'm not quite sure. And then I would, you know, hear, oh, that's not damage, that's allergies and mucus and like a listening for different people's voices. And does that sound like a node? And what side do I feel like that's not resonating properly? Is it a paralytic cord where one one cord isn't quite phonating properly and really to have an ear um, for and a listening for each student what is going on with them physically mentally and emotionally and i think that's really important so uh, really being able to tune into my clients and their needs is really important to me and so i feel like a lot of teachers um perhaps give tips and might brush over or gloss over what they need but not get into the real nooks and crannies of what's going on with that singer on a mental level and a physical level. And I like to bring those two worlds combined. So I guess to answer your question um, is that I learned from all of my students and I'm always open to listening and learning. And I think any good teacher has to put their ego aside at any part of their career and ask for help and surround themselves by people that know more, know differently than they do. Um, And not get locked into just one form of teaching, um, because then you just don't learn and you don't become a better teacher and you're doing your students a huge disservice.
1: Yeah, no, that's great advice for teachers and students, you know, to go into vocal lessons and, um, you know, not be stubborn
0: you know, because that's exactly right. I mean, I just feel like I learned from everybody and it's just having a listening for people and being open and not going in and saying, well, I'm going to show them, you know, what I do. You know, I think a lot of people go into life that way. And I, I think you really need to, um, at any stage, 25, 35, 45, 55, 65, you need to be open to listening more and understanding what people have to say. It's, 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 it's gotta be, Um, inclusive and and not like, what am I going to teach you? Yes, I'm a teacher, but I always have to listen to what the student is telling me as well and understand where they're coming from, because that's 50% or more of the artistry right there.
1: For sure. Yeah, no, I mean, you've already accomplished so much in your career. You've learned so much. You've given so much. Is there anything that you're specifically excited for for the future?
0: You know, I'm excited for people to read my book. I mean, I hate to keep bringing it back. These like no, sure. but I spent a lot of time on this and I was really frustrated way before the pandemic of like what people were missing out in the industry, what people didn't know, misnomers about the industry, misunderstandings, um, thinking it's all glamorous, um, students thinking at the top of their game or at the bottom of their game, you know, just developing artists that you were all going through the same thing that developing artists still have the same fears as artists that are at the top and artists at the top still have the same questions and fears as people starting out in this business and that we're all very connected in that way. Um, And so I would just be very excited about people's feedback, people reading the book, people bringing into the universities. Um, making it part of of our international culture of singing, bringing things to people, what they don't know, they don't know. Also, this little guy I have to mention before we run out of time is this vocal trainer. My partner, Brayden Oswald came up with this, got my little name on it right there. Um, It's the coolest thing I've ever used, but we've been using straw phonation for decades. And this lever is back pressure. It takes the the thinking away from singing and you can make it heavier or lighter. And it only lets you use the vocal cords. um, So the neck muscles go to sleep. So when singers are struggling, if they just get something like this, he designed this beautiful thing. It's one of the coolest things I've used in all of my career. You don't need four different size waters and straw. You're just and it takes you from chest to mix to head beautifully. And so I use this with all my students. It's in the book. It's the most fabulous tool I've ever used. And I want the universe to know about this tool because we have like, I don't know, thousands of patents on it. You'll <laughs> I'm exaggerating, of course, but um, it's the coolest thing that I've ever used. And I'm really excited for him uh, because I think that it's groundbreaking. And so I'm excited about the trainer and I'm excited about the book and I'm excited about bringing what singers and non-singers don't know they don't know. out. That's amazing.
1: Yeah, no, I was just talking to Elise about um, vocal straws and um, kind of funny, funny things that feel awkward, but are actually amazing for your voice. Um, But you really have educated me, I'm sure educated Elise on um, vocal health, and also just feeling connected to people that are like, major professionals and um just hearing their stories hearing their struggles I'm really excited to read the book I'm definitely putting that straw in my Amazon cart um I think it's gonna help so much. Yeah
0: with the vocal trainer it's bettervoice.store perfect thirty eight dollars or something like bettervoice.store is where you can get it um it's the coolest device ever and my book is on on sale on Amazon now it's called a better voice by Valerie Morehouse so you guys pick up a copy and if you ever want to come back and sing, sing with me or one of my associate teachers—they all rock.
1: Yes, I know. Reach out to Valerie Morehouse; she is the best in the business by far. The Angel Baby Show is honored to have you again. Um, thank you so much, Valerie, for joining. Thanks, us. guys. It's been really fun. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Bye, Valerie. Bye, guys. Bye. And every girl I ever.
0: I'm Valerie Morehouse. I am a celebrity vocal coach. I've been teaching voice and rehabilitating singers for 27 years. I have a new book out that I'm very excited about right here. It's called A Better Voice by Valerie Morehouse. Um, it's stories from the industry frontlines, music industry frontlines, um, what people have done that is good in the business, is bad in the business, how they uh, healed after a major vocal injury. It's um, rehabilitation stories. It's stories about the music industry itself. And I believe that anybody that has a voice or uses their voice in life for anything has to read this book. And you are now listening to The Angel Baby Show.
1: Angel Baby Show. I'm Elise. And I'm Ava Lynn. We just had the best interview with Valerie Morehouse. Could you tell that I was nervous? Because I was. She has worked with the best singers literally ever (laughs) Olivia Rodrigo, Sam Smith, Britney Spears. Like, and all of them are just so different. I think that that's what like really Elise and I were going to talk about is just how different the voices were. You know, they all have the same vocal coach, yet they all sound different. No, it's a, it's fascinating to me because you can just tell when when Valerie's speaking. She knows so much about mm-hmm. vocal and and health and, and your, the, like the medical, like she's almost like a doctor, like the way she was talking about it. And I was kind of thinking to myself, because I love Noah Cyrus. I I love her voice. I've always been really drawn to like her sound, but she has a very different voice than Sam Smith. And Sam Smith has a very different voice than Olivia Rodrigo. And I think that's kind of just a whole interesting, it's, it's a really interesting industry on like, you know, it's, beauty is the eye of the beholder. Like a great voice is kind of the eye of the ear. Like you kind of decide like what voices you really like. And I wonder how, how a vocal coach can approach so many different types of voices, whether it's like a raspy, right high soprano, alto. Yeah, no, exactly. And I think that's, I think what I love the most about music is that you know, it's the same patterns, it's the same chords, it's the same notes in a lot of different songs and stuff. But a singer on one song versus like a singer on the exact same song, two different singers, makes it sound completely different. And I think that's something that I just love about music. Um, And I agree, like, I think it's funny to talk to people, like, some people absolutely hate the sound of someone's voice versus like, they love it. Like, there's that song, um, dance monkey or something you know what I'm trying yes, yes. and Elise loves it's kind of like the asset oh my uh, uh. like it's very like um I don't even no, know I love her voice it. I think she kills it yeah but, like, I don't Elise, Elise loves that song but like I'm super annoyed with like that sound and yeah. like I just like I don't know what it is but I'm just like oh my god like I just I can't I can't listen to this um But it's just funny, like, to see kind of people's different opinions about tone, about, you know, like, for example, not to throw mom under the bus. I'm sure she thinks she's a beautiful singer, but um, mom doesn't like the tone of Adele. And, like, people think Adele is, like, the best singer of all time. Um, So I think, you know, that's also something if you're a singer and someone doesn't like your voice, you know, you're just kind of like, well, you know, some people don't like. Adele's voice, and it's Adele, you know. So I think when when we come back from, we're gonna have a little break after this. But when we come back, I really think it would be fun if you and I just kind of went through, and it can be the most random combination of Broadway stars, actors, singers, just voices that we really like, and especially coming from you, because I I'm just like soaking all of this up as someone that's not I don't know a lot about like the music industry. Like, what are some voices to you that have really inspired you? Where you're like, oh, they just have such a cool sound to their voice, or that'd be a really fun kind of list to make up for the next section. But yeah, uh, no, I'm okay. super excited for that list because I think we have a couple artists that you know. And how did, how did you like meet Valerie? And how did you start working with her? Because I always kind of wondered how how you happen to know somebody so cool. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Well, this is all from mom. Um, Our mom found Valerie um, a while ago and they were friends. They kind of like, you know, just networked with each other. And then Valerie just blew up, you know, obviously her knowledge in vocal training and her ability, you know, her motivation and her perseverance. I think just, you know, she is just in like a different level now. Um, I've worked with one of her like assistant vocal coaches and then I worked with her when I was really young, like before anything. Um, and I was so nervous. I was like, I remember you were like a third grader and you were getting, you were like, Oh, I'm going into this vocal coaches. Yeah. And and I I like, I feel like at that point I had, I didn't even consider myself a singer. So I was just like, I was so scared. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I'm honored to know her. I'm honored to have her on the Angel Baby Show. And I hope you guys enjoyed her interview. Um, and we'll be right back after the break. This is Avalyn. And I'm Elise. And this is the Angel Baby Show. And we'll see you in just a few. Remember the words you told me Love me till the day I die Surrender my everything Cause you made me believe you're mine yeah, you used to call me baby, now you're calling me by name mm. Takes one to no one, yeah, you beat me at my own damn game you pushing, you pushing, I'm pulling away, pulling away from you I give and I giving, I giving you take, give and you take young. Valerie Morehouse's new book, A Better Voice, straight from the entertainment industry frontlines, takes us side stage at major music awards, into the green rooms, at televised performances, into the darkest fears of the comeback kids, reminding us that even the most well-known and successful artists are just like people you and me, trying to share their gifts by doing what they love. Valerie Morehouse's A Better Voice, straight from the entertainment industry frontlines. Available on Amazon today. Right. Um, hi, everyone. Welcome back. This is the Angel Baby Show. I'm Elise. I'm Ava Lynn. We um, just we had. Oh, go, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no. We just had Valerie Morehouse. We were talking about different voices, strong voices, um, tonalities, and voices. Um, but we were just going to talk about some artists their voices that just really attract us for some reason. And, you know, sometimes there's no rhyme or reason. Sometimes there is, you know, a specific reason, but Elise, I don't know if you have someone that you're thinking of, but. Oh God. Um, I feel a little unqualified to, I love like when I'm like, oh, they have a great voice. And yeah. <laughs> like, Singer. But um, I don't know. I really like Elvis's voice. Mm. I don't always like the the most powerful voices. I guess I would say I like I love Noah Cyrus's voice. Um I I don't know if she's kind of older but it's like our one of my mom's favorite is Allison Krause. Um she's a really beautiful like I don't even know how to describe it. It's yeah. just perfect pitch. Um yeah. Is she a soprano? I don't know. Yeah, probably. I think she is. Um I I, I noticed that I noticed that about you Elise like I always think of artists like Miguel, um, you mm-hmm. know, like that kind of voice that is like soothing, um, just great tone. There's like a boy on my acapella team, um, and I remember hearing his voice and his tone, and like it's you know it's very like uh, subdued, it's but it's so different. good, and it's, it's good. so good. And I was like, I knew, I knew Elise was gonna love it just because yeah. Elise loves that very like um, just good character sounding mm-hmm. voice um, yeah, for me. You, no go for it. I want to hear you <laughs> no I was just gonna say like I really love um I really love Justin Bieber's voice oh um, my yes you know I just feel like he kind of has it all he kind of has everything that a singer could want he has the runs and the soul but also he's a pop singer and it's so clear to me very he has clear yeah voice. yeah yeah like to me like he just has like just an insane voice and also like i kind of love britney spears's voice like i don't think she's some power ballad you know but like i kind of like that like nasal yeah for me it just works for her songs um yeah. and i I don't know i just i really like i really like her voice just randomly there's also rappers um that i love their voice i love Jay cole's voice i love um, sway lee's voice yes sway lee's um There's just and then um I keep throwing mom under the bus. She's probably gonna listen to this and be like, Ava. Um, but like mom, for example, doesn't like Drake's voice. And like Drake is in like a million songs and we're just kind of like, you know, I don't know, something about his voice. It's just not it's just there you know who has a really good I think Morgan Wallen has the really good voice. Like I can tell it's him when he's singing. And I think that's the key to a good voice sometimes Mm -hmm. knowing like this is so and so. And then there's obviously, like, I think when it comes down to, like, the greatest voices of all time, though, like, that's when you have to give it to Whitney Houston. Right. And Celine Dion, who can hit unbelievable notes in power ballad songs, but they have such a pretty tone to their voice, which that, I think, doesn't always go hand in hand. Like, in musical theater, I knew a lot of kids that had that very Broadway voice, and they could belt these insane runs but there's something about like that when when a singer can reach those notes but then also have that like softness and prettiness to their voice i'm probably mm-hmm. using the wrong words for this no That's not me, all. i think is like the key to what i think makes a really good singer but i totally agree i think what you were saying about morgan wall and how you know it's him i love his passion too yeah. i love when singers you can feel what they're yes. saying. Yes. And you can feel the emotion. Um I think that goes into songwriting too, you know, like when you Who Do you think feels like you can feel them when they're singing? Oh my gosh, definitely Morgan Wallen. O- Olivia Rodrigo, honestly. Yeah. Like when yes. she sings some songs about guys like doing her dirty and you just hear her like as a teenage girl being like this sucks. I feel that like, and not just because I relate, but I can just feel it in her, in her, you know, in her voice. Um, so I think that that's honestly my biggest takeaway is like just singers that you can feel, feel yes. they're singing, because to me, that's like the most important part of music. That's kind of to me, like, um, sorry, I was looking this up because I, I swear I like saved something or like Johnny Cash, like his like old, he made an album when he's like very old and he does not sound pretty quote unquote, but you just feel the like pain and the love in his voice. And I don't know. It's very, very interesting. Yeah, I know. I mean, we could, I mean, there's so many beautiful singers out there, beautiful singers that literally Valerie Morehouse trains, which is incredible. Um, But this episode has been so fun talking about voice, talking about voice, even for people that don't sing. Um, I hope you learned something when you listen today to the Angel Baby Show, because I sure did talking to Valerie and just talking about voice. Um, but yeah, thank you to Valerie Morehouse. Order her book on Amazon. Order her a little vocal trainer. And um, yeah, thank you to Jeremiah Higgins, our executive producer. Thank you to Dr. D, our amazing sound engineer that makes us makes our voices sound coherent and good. Um, but yeah, I'm Ava Lynn. And I'm Elise. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for listening to today's um, podcast. And we hope to see you on the next one, to hear you on the next one and um, to hear your feedback. This is the Angel Baby Show and we'll see you next time. Listeners, we appreciate you and want to hear from you. Please send us your ideas at jeremiah at JeremiahShow.com or on Messenger, on Facebook, or Instagram. The Jeremiah Show is produced by executive producer Jeremiah Higgins and sound producer engineer Richard Dr. D. Dugan. As always, a big thanks to our station manager, Les Carroll, for letting us on the air at all. And me, your announcer, Tony Kelly, communicate, listen more
0: and evolve.